Hello everyone, right now on the SS Game Buoy, it's 9.04pm on Thursday, June 25th, 2020. Hmm, there isn't really any news to speak of today. By the way, did anyone catch that game show on TV last night? I couldn't believe that one contestant answered the puzzle with pea gerbil. Oh, there I go, prattling on about my TV habits again. Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the GameBuoy.org video game podcast, your port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike 2099, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slagkick First Class. I-, I don't have a joke this week. I mean, honestly, you've already gotten us there. Uh, today is June 25th, 2020, and this is episode 171. We'll make great pets. We'll make great pets! A look at Animal Crossing New Horizons. Welcome once again, each and every one of our lovely and beautiful listener, to another episode of the GameBooey.org video game podcast. GameBooey.org video game podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to encourage everyone to be active in your community and, uh, of course, as noted last week, uplift Black voices, support Black voices, including monetarily, and please continue to further educate yourselves on the ongoing issues that the Black community in this country in particular um, face in the modern day um, by reviewing resources such as the Black Lives Matter website. If you're looking for, you know, local community actions you can get involved in in order to make change, we I strongly recommend uh, showing up for racial justice or surge for short. Uh, and Slaggy, I think that there was a, a site that you had wanted to recommend as well. Yeah, um, I was watching one of Trixie Mattel's streams that she does on Twitch uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she had been raising money for Color of Change, which is a racial justice organization that has the goal of helping um, build power for Black communities by um, moving decision makers in corporations and government to create a more human and less hostile world for Black people in America, as per their sort of mission statement. Um, they have ways that you can get involved, um, you know, actively or financially, you know, so like if you want to go out and do things, they can tell you how, if you want to contribute financially, they will, you know, direct your money to ways that will help support, uh, black communities in America. And I also just wanted to, um, I wanted to follow up with your part about educating yourself. Uh, please educate yourself, uh, is not the responsibility it should not be the burden of our communities of color i mean especially you know in this particular case um black communities it is not your black friend's job uh to educate you so um i, I know i sound a little bit um i may sound a little bit demanding but you know so, sometimes these conversations are difficult to have and you know so you know like you like i said you you need to be the ones to educate yourselves uh yeah yeah you know we are gamers but you know the real world always has to come first and we really have to stand up for the change that we believe in seeing in the world around us and really honestly we cannot depend on the people around us to to carry the burden we have to be willing to do the heavy lifting as well and you know it's i mean we are seeing we're starting to see some change. I mean, you know, so uh, hopefully that will, I, I mean, I could get into a very long side tangent here, but I mean, you know, hopefully we'll start to see some of that change trickle down into the 
gaming culture and gaming the gaming industry and all of that with kind all of, of that just, oh. kind of just i was saying just to kind of tie it back to to gaming with all of that having been said we are very happy to be back at you after our plans were slightly delayed by some unexpected illness but this week i'm very excited to be handing the reins over to first mate slaggy first class to discuss the world's new favorite nintendo franchise animal crossing slaggy's going to be leading this discussion because as many longtime listeners may know i've never been much of an animal crossing fan myself Though I suspect many of you may be surprised by what the episode has in store on that account. Uh, with all that having been said, we have a lot to dig in here, as we kind of always do. So let's get started, relax, and talk about some games. Uh, Slacky First Class, what is the way that we rhyme? I just want to clarify uh, before we get started that neither of us have tested positive for COVID-19. It's more like, you know, in Animal Crossing where they're like, you go to visit your neighbor and you're like, they're like, oh, I'm feeling miserable. And then you go and give them medicine and they're like, thank you. So in just in case anyone heard illness and was worried, uh, we are we are currently COVID free. So sure are. that being said, oh, hot topic is the way that we run. Ooh, Kathleen Hannah better watch out. Um, just kidding. I could never I could never be that queen. Um, but <laughs> hot topic is where we like to talk about, you know. Some of the biggest announcements of the week, um, things that people are talking about. And the first one, which will kind of tie into our discussion later, is that just today, Animal Crossing New Horizons, or rather Nintendo, announced the upcoming part one of their summer update, which will be dropping on July 3rd. This is, of course, for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Wow, I'm a sloppy Sally today. Um so there, I say the first part because the summer update will be coming in two patches or waves, so to speak. The second one will be in early August. And then uh, with this first part coming on July 3rd, you'll be able to get a wetsuit and go swimming and diving, which is super cute. Um, something you've never been able to do before. I can't wait to find a bunch of red starfish. Right. I, I'm, get I'm all looking, their autographs. See, I'm, I'm looking for chocolate starfish myself. But um, you'll also be able to meet Pascal, who I believe is a um, a brand new to the series character. And then, He's so cute, though. yeah, um, you'll be able to get some mermaid themed DIY recipes, which is uh, super exciting. Uh, and then Gulliver, um, the <laughs> the one we all love to hey, um, will actually be. Instead of just in a sailor outfit, he'll be in pirate clothing. So I actually really approve of that as a pirate myself. Yeah, when I saw the ad for this and I saw Gulliver there on the beach face down in his little pirate tricorn, I was honestly a little excited. Yeah, especially because I saw Gulliver on my beach like at like nine o'clock the other night. And I was like, I don't want to dig up his little radio chips. I'm tired. But now that he's a pirate, I might have a change of heart. So uh, we'll definitely talk more about Animal Crossing during our discussion. Um, so yeah, Stadia Connect. Uh, in the midst of all of these other summer streaming things going on, we have Google hosting a Stadia Connect live stream on July 14th, of course, on YouTube because they own it. Um, so that'll be kind of cool. Um, I honestly, and I mean, this is just kind of me living in my bubble and, uh, you know, 
on not having really been engaging with a lot of gaming news, to be perfectly honest, until we've, you know, relaunched the SS Buoy. Um, so I haven't really been following a lot of Stadia news. I guess this will be a good time for me to kind of uh, get reacquainted and, you know, um, see what's going on. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for the Stadia Connect. I know that it hasn't fully caught on yet for a lot of us in a lot of places necessarily, but um, I overall still think that in the long term, it's going to be one to keep an eye on. So definitely, definitely interested in seeing what they well, have. Well, you know, uh, a mutual friend of ours um, not necessarily has not necessarily expressed interest in Stadia, but um, uh, I had been talking to him a couple, uh, about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, and he said that uh, he doesn't think that he's going to be buying any consoles moving forward. Um, and then, uh, you know, another friend of ours uh, was saying that they were, you know, not necessarily ready to jump on the bandwagon for Xbox Series X or PS5. So um, not that you necessarily even really need a uh, super beefy computer, but, you know, people who are maybe going to just stick with PC gaming uh, from this point on, maybe, you know, we might start to see more more transition to uh to this especially if you know you can be like oh, i don't have to worry about constantly putting in new upgrades to my pc um you know or you know necessarily investing that much you know so, i don't know so yeah well you know i think that google is banking on the idea that some people are looking for gaming without necessarily owning a box and i definitely think there's a future there i think that we're seeing it pop up even with some of our peers so you know, I think there will always be markets for every type of gamer, and I think there are still some blue oceans out there that haven't been uh, hunted yet, so to speak. Um, let's see, we've also got oh, kind of big news here. Microsoft is actually shutting down slash selling their mixer unit off. And, you know, it's it's been kind of reported both ways in the two days or so since this news broke. Um, but the long and short of it is that... Um, Mixer as a brand is no longer going to be a thing. Uh, Facebook gaming is where all of the Microsoft Mixer partners are going who stayed on and took whatever additional payouts were coming to them with this um, branding change. And a few of the major players that had been involved in the Microsoft Mixer launch that had been bought out including Ninja, as I understand it, are using this opportunity to break free from their exclusivity contracts. So it's all kind of a, a lot going on in the space of uh, streaming platforms right now. Have you, hmm. uh, do you have any, any opinions on this? No, I've never really um, watched any Mixer. Um, you know, uh, I haven't really engaged with it. I haven't really engaged with anything aside from uh, Twitch, you know, so... Well, and I think that's actually the problem is I, I think that that's and let me be clear, I'm not saying you are the problem. I think that there was really not as big of a market for other platforms as Microsoft maybe thought there was uh, because, you know, I watched Mixer a handful of times. But yeah, I mostly just stayed on Twitch where the streamers I followed were. I mean, I guess I never really saw any or heard of any benefits of Mixer over you know, unless I was like really climbing to watch Ninja, which, you know, I really don't care to follow Ninja that much. Um, like not not to say that Twitch is perfect. I mean, Twitch definitely has its um, its areas where it can greatly improve. And, you know, Amazon, you know, it's a whole other uh, 
whole other barrel monkeys, but yeah. So um, cool. I guess best of luck to Facebook gaming as they kind of absorb this like a Kirby. Well, and you know, the funny thing is Microsoft had gotten into Mixer, right? Because they had been trying to own a streaming platform for themselves, um, basically so that they could leverage the whole X cloud thing into it. It's ironic because most gamers I know are really moving away from Facebook. And so it's kind of like, how do I say, I'm not really sure that this is going to work out for them in the long run. I, I really don't think that Facebook gaming is going to do any better for them than Mixer has done for them. But yeah, uh, you know, I hope I hope that this works out well for all of the streamers who are impacted, because I know there have been quite a few individual streamers and especially smaller streamers who are quite upset about this platform change. Yeah, that's kind of crappy. But I know that there were a few announcements that you must have been very excited about involving your one of your favorite Nintendo franchises. Would you like to talk about that? Um, Eggmania is not a Nintendo franchise. I was talking about <laughs> Lola, you silly guy. No, of course. Um, so there was a two-part Pokemon Presents presentation. Um, not a direct. They called it Pokemon Presents. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of us just used the shorthand nomenclature of a Pokemon Direct, but it was Pokemon <laughs> See, I thought you were going to make a joke and be like, um, those of us like um, in the Pokemon fandom, for sure, just called it PP. Okay, girl, that's funny, but also we have a lot of road to cover and not a lot of time to get there. No, I know. Um, so there were a lot of, um, I, mean, I say a lot of things. Um, so there was Pokemon Smile, which is a toothbrushing app. Uh, but the big, 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 big news from uh, last week's was new Pokemon Snap, which is um, an upcoming Switch game co-developed by, or I guess completely developed by Bandai Namco. So, you know, we're starting to really see Bamco um, be a partner for Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Of course, we had Pokemon Tournament. Um so, you know, because um, was the original uh, Intelligent Systems or HAL Laboratories for the original Snap? That was HAL Laboratory? Yeah, so um, we have uh, Bandai and Yamco taking over this time. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I'm excited. I've been wanting a new Pokemon Snap game forever. So uh, I think a lot of people are very, very, very happy with this news. No release info yet, but, um, you know... Now yeah. it's on our radar, like it most definitely should be. Well, and you know, I'm really excited about this for quite a few reasons. One thing that I also really like from the perspective of development, though, is we continue to see Nintendo working with their various brands, um, really using their IP with other uh, development partners to explore some of these new ideas or bring some of these older ideas back that have maybe been gone for 20 years. And, you know, this is a, more of a trend that's been really going on, I would say, for the last decade now, but we're really seeing, like, I would say get like full speed now to the point where like obviously Bandai Namco is developing this. Um, we have uh, Tecmo Koei developed uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses in large part. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it looks by all accounts like these games with, you know, the guiding hand of Nintendo or, you know, the Pokemon company were applicable by all accounts are coming together. Well, we saw, you know, also, as you had mentioned with a Pokemon tournament. Well, I mean, uh, they I were, presume, uh... I presume that there's a effing Pokemon unit at Bandai Namco at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they were uh, involved with 
uh, they've been involved with Smash. So I mean, well, precisely, and so they've also had their hand in in the pie with uh, you know the Pokemon IP before. So you know, on multiple occasions. So I'm just so so deeply happy to see um, this team up happening. Uh, every time I see Nintendo working with these other partners to make these titles happen is a good thing it, to me for everyone involved as long as the games turn out well um i have seen a few people complain as we always do because uh, people get weird about studio and studio loyalty i guess would be the way to say but i don't know as long as the game comes out good and by all accounts these collaboration or collaborative product projects have come out splendidly i don't see the complaint yeah and a, another little bit of news we have pokemon cafe mix was announced it is a switch ios and android free to play title with you know microtransactions it's a um a puzzle game from what i saw i have not had a chance to play yet it kind of looks like the disney Tsum Tsum arcade game and I guess there's also probably an app version, but I, I'm familiar with it in like the round one arcades where you can actually get the Tsum Tsum capsules and the little figures inside where you have to um, kind of like drag and connect pokies or cuties of the same type. Um, it looks cute. I don't know if we really needed another Pokemon puzzle game, but um, it's all right. I mean, it's a game that exists. There's clearly... A market for this type of experience i anticipate it's probably for uh younger audiences than us um i you know sum sum is fun enough we talked about it here on the show a few times it's it's fun enough and i'm sure cafe mix will be fun enough i haven't played it myself yet although sulker was trying to get me to look at it on his phone earlier and it did certainly have some extremely cute art like i oh, yeah, the art say that very cute um, I just, yeah, it looks very simple to me. The gameplay looks just this side of Final Fantasy, all the bravest. And while I may have had my very misguided period of being okay with that si sort of experience on mobile, that was a long time ago. And I, I am no longer interested in such simplistic experiences myself. Yeah. So um, then they said, oh, next week there's going to be this, which was, you know, this was last week's Pokemon Presents. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, well, next week we have a big announcement that was so big that we couldn't fit it in this week's Pokemon Presents. And so, um, you know, one of the things that um, clever Poke fans have noticed in the Pokemon Directs in the past, I mean, I call them Directs because they usually have been, you know, Nintendo Directs. Yeah, that's just like I said, we're using the nomenclature Directs. It's fine. Um, that, you know, there's been little clues based on, you know, like maybe what plushies are in the background or, you know, even like on Twitter photos of, uh, you know, um, publicity, like, I mean, so, you know, like that's how we, um, had the idea of let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee last week when we had this Pokemon presents, there were a bunch of plushies from generation two, gold and silver and crystal, um, and then sitting in front of a game box of, and it might have been like a Switch special edition, but uh, that, at the very least a game box of um, Let's Go Eevee was an Umbreon and Espeon. So a lot of people um, were thinking that it was going to, the big announcement was going to be Let's Go Johto, possibly with um, it being Let's Go Espeon and Let's Go Umbreon. And I possibly. will say, I will say, um, I still kind of think that that might be the direction that they go in for that project someday in the future. 
It's just I that think it they was made not a the... huge. Uh, yeah, I think they made a huge mistake in having their set design the way it was designed for that particular. Like this presentation was done very poorly for a product that I'm personally excited for. Right. Like it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of made the this announcement more disappointing, especially because I was up at six in the morning uh, Pacific time to watch this. Well, that's it. That's exactly. I thought it was going to be gold and silver. Like I straight up texted you, and I was like, "Really? That's it? I'm going back to bed." Yeah, but, I was so mad. Like I didn't even respond. Like I straight up, like yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was like mad about it. Like I went and took a rage nap. Like I yeah, can't so have it. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. Now that we've had a day to put it behind us, um, it is Pokemon Unite. It is a strategic team battle game. It's basically. Um, a Pokemon MOBA, Dota. Yeah, I mean, it's literally a storm. Pokemon MOBA, like straight up. I mean, they went, Nintendo went out of their way to avoid using the term MOBA, which of course is, you know, multiplayer online battle arena. Um, but they did repeatedly refer to it as like an arena battler or a battle arena. It, it's a MOBA. Yeah. And so um, what you're going to do is be it's five five v five which i think is pretty standard right yeah that's a um, standard configuration you're going to battle pick top mid lower and everything and um one of the cute things is that you can catch wild pokemon um to help uh get progress so i mean i, I feel yeah, like that's so something... in addition to so for yeah for like the creeps you have a pokemon theming and so you can capture some of them or fight some of them just like in the in the games and i think it's a really cute way to approach that yeah so this is actually this is actually really cute and like once i got over my pouting and my disappointment uh of that it was not an announcement of let's go Johto. I actually think this is a brilliant move. Um, I don't know. Did I mention yet that it's being developed with Tencent? I so, don't I mean, know that you had, but I've seen a lot of people um, going both ways on this, uh, you know, both for and against. Um, oh, really? And something I will say, and I'm, I'm just going to be fully transparent here. Uh, when I hear people who are super opposed to Tencent and their expansion, um, I really worry a lot about some uh, racist it, sentiments say, creeping is it, is in. The, is this coming from a xenophobic place? Well, I frankly, I often fear that it does, you know? Is this coming from a, 10 cents from China? We don't want anything to do with China. Well, is that like, basically, is that what it's... it is, generally speaking, um, coming from a xenophobic place against Chinese folks, yes. Or I would Gross. say uh, products from China. And the thing is, you know, Tencent has put so much money into the industry. They've come to the rescue of so many studios and even publishers. And I mean, by all accounts, they've been a dream to work with. Like as these things go, I'm sure there are horror stories. I'm sure that on, you know, their own studios, maybe there are different stories. Again, I don't think it's ever wise to love any company too much. But also when you find yourself, you know, complaining about a company or getting really worked up about, oh, I can't believe that developer is working on this game. Like ask yourself why that is, because I have yet for anyone to explain to me why Tencent working on this game is a bad thing other than they're from China. Um, and like y'all love League of Legends and they... Uh, I'm looking at this list. They are the full owner of Riot. 
Yeah, I mean, they they've like I said, they've put tremendous money into the industry. They've really they've liberated quite a few studios that had issues. Yeah, uh, Marvelous was the one I was thinking of, but uh, they yeah, quite a few uh, studios that have have been in trouble. They've stepped in to make sure that those studios were able to stay afloat. They um, their uh, financial contributions to Epic allowed them to launch Fortnite. So uh, yeah, you know, your your faves. Uh, you have you have um Tencent, I think, for your faves. Yeah, I mean, by all means, of course, if there's a developer who, uh, any company who by their own merits and their own behaviors has given you reason to suspect that they shouldn't have your data, then yeah, don't give them your data. But because they're from China is just not enough for me. It's just not. And if it is for you, I think you should ask yourself why that is. Um, Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, I'm sure you would like to talk about this one. Yeah. I'm sure that you could talk about this one for a very long time. Well, so it's actually been a really exciting week for me. You know, my very favorite franchise in the world. I would honestly... At this point, say, yeah. I would say my favorite franchise at this point, uh, the Kingdom Hearts franchise, had two rather large events occur this week. Uh, the first is that we had the release of Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, which is the spin-off to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross that launched this past Monday, the 22nd. It is available within the Union Cross app as like a separate launch from the main menu. Um, I'm playing it myself. It is beginning to tell the story of young Xehanort as he uh, begins his journey down the Dark Road. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. The combat system is based on the flick rush minigame from dream drop distance so that's fun um reuses a lot of assets from union cross which is in my opinion neither good nor bad um i'm just excited to be getting more kingdom Hearts story just six months after remind haven't had to wait that long i'm just wondering if we're going to get a uh dark road back cover if by that you mean a dark road movie that is going to like summarize stuff that happens in dark road honestly it seems inevitable to me for all we know it could even end up being released with the next game that we're going to talk about oh that would be nice uh we also got the surprise announcement of a rhythm action game in the kingdom hearts franchise this is kingdom hearts melody of memory this was announced it's going to be canon this was announced for the PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Um, in fact, I got an email from Square Enix asking me to please be sure to look forward to the first Kingdom Hearts game on Switch, uh, which I screen capped and immediately forwarded to Slidekick with the quotation or with the caption. <laughs> not the last. Not the last. Right. So uh, let's see. This game is going to be due out in 2020. By all accounts, it is a successor to the theater rhythm and i say that because it reuses a lot of a lot of um assets in the ui Um, a lot of the ways that the note charts are communicated uses a lot of the same like uh, symbols to sort of uh, communicate what your player inputs are meant to be Uh, so i'm really excited and uh, as far as we can tell you know uh, the game is going to have a massive catalog of over 140 songs which according to the teaser website includes music from the kingdom Hearts series disney and more Um, yeah because if you just figure they can throw in songs from the world's you know, there's potentially tons of music that could be in there. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm really wondering, since they say, you know, Kingdom Hearts series, Disney and more, I do wonder if we won't see a few uh, Final Fantasy songs up in here. Even if it's just one winged angel, I'll take it. No, it's just 140 different um, remixes of Swim This Way. Oh, God. The, the whole game is just Atlantica. Oh, God. Uh, well, we're going to have a lot more to talk about on this game as the days, weeks, months come up, come on between now and its release. So uh, we won't say too much more other than the uh, trailer for this game was quite a sight. And the uh, second half of the trailer, the first half is all gameplay. The second half is a quick montage of cutscenes that make it very clear that this takes place after remind and for a lot of us in the uh kingdom hearts fan fandom we believe this is going to be a pretty major key to one of the big mysteries of the last seven or eight titles of the of the game so it's a uh, kind of a big deal yeah because kingdom hearts spinoffs aren't just optional hey look every game is worth playing yeah i don't think that's such a bad thing I'll, i will take that over playing a spinoff and being like, man, I wish I hadn't wasted my time. So in another Disney-related property, we have EA with Star Wars Squadrons. It's a new Star Wars space combat game. I've never historically really been into these games, but um, like I know a lot of people who it's totally their jam. So uh, yeah, it's coming yeah. out on October 2nd, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I would assume that we... We'll see those uh, get upgrades to PS5 and Xbox Series X, but they have not said anything yet, so I'm not going to report that. But I would not be surprised. I, I share that expectation. And uh, additionally, it's worth noting the PC and PS4 versions will support VR. Ooh. Uh, we also have an update here from Nintendo that the uh, first character from the Fighters Pass Volume 2 DLC from Super Smash Brothers is going to be Min Min from ARMS. This made me super excited. Oh, yeah? We all assumed it was going to be one of the two basic bitch ones. Okay, well, I was hoping it was going to be Twintel, personally. Okay, yeah, Twintel would have been great, but um, I don't even remember the other... Like, I want to call him Elastigirl, but that's uh, the fucking Incredibles. What are they? What are their names? You know, the... Spring Man and Spring Girl, maybe? I don't even remember. I, um, Ribbon Girl. Ribbon Girl. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because they were kind of the... Well, they know. were the ones on the on the box art, I think. Yeah, they were kind of meant to be like the mascots. So I assumed it was going to be one of them. So um, Min Min, probably in my very limited arms experience, was my probably my favorite to play. So I'm just, I, like I said, I think it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Did you actually watch the uh, how to play video? She looks like she's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, it'll be, you know, I think they've done a really good job with the... Um, like, I think that a lot of the, um, overall, all of the new characters have been pretty great, even if they're not personally my style. I think, uh, you know, like, Banjo-Kazooie, like, is actually a lot of fun. I think they did a really good job with Fighter Pass 1. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Hero's a, Hero's a little weird, but a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, overall, I've been really happy with all of the DLC, and when I watched the How to Play video, uh, watching specifically how they translated the playstyle of ARMS to the playstyle of Super Smash Brothers looks really interesting and yeah. um, innovative for the Smash series that I think 
or I hope, will give them more freedom to experiment for the remaining five characters of Fighter Pass 2. Indeed. We also have some new Mii Fighter costumes. Ninjara from ARMS, Heihachi from Tekken, Callie and Marie from Splatoon, and Vault Boy from Fallout. Excellent. Uh, we also have word here that the Tokyo Game Show will be taking place now online. Oh, uh, the online event is set to replace the physical event, is going to be packed with major publishers as well as indie game developers, and there will be new titles scheduled to be announced throughout the online event um, via the Tokyo Game Show Online channel. So this is uh, something that's going to be occurring from September 23rd to September 27th. And I'm personally really excited about this. You know, obviously, Tokyo Game Show every year is where a lot of the most exciting announcements happen for me. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Uh, what about you, Slaggy? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that we are seeing it have a way to adapt in the current situation. Um, yeah. Rather than just not happen at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know... For all of the things that we have seen closed down during the current pandemic, for all of the things that we see um, move forward in a healthy way, it definitely makes me thankful. Indeed. Well, with all that having been said, it's time to grab our karma chameleon and... Uh, Head on down to the culture club. Yeah, we don't really want to hurt you. I don't think I can go any further. <laughs> I'm like, uh, time clock of the heart is probably my favorite culture club song but uh i guess we've got to keep the time got to uh, keep an eye on the time so uh let's have our clocks of the heart i don't know wow facebook, all right it's a great song you know you know what i'm talking about um facebook has acquired ready at dawn which is the studio that you probably know best from lone echo the vr game and so i mean the fact that um you know it was a as far as I know, pretty well received VR game and Facebook owns Oculus Studios, uh, you know, makes sense to me. Well, well, so it's worth noting, you know, I'm personally a big fan of Ready at Dawn. They did a few um, titles for the PlayStation Portable before they started doing Oculus Rift games. Uh, they did uh, Daxter for the PlayStation Portable. They did the God of War games that were on the PlayStation Portable. Oh, that was them? Yeah, yeah, the Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. They well, did Sparta, both yeah. And yeah, those were like whole ass PS2 experiences. Oh, well, apparently on the PSP. they were. Um, um, they did the Wii conversion for yeah. Okami. Uh, they did the Order 1886. I didn't realize. It as a game. It struggled as a game, but it was really incredibly put together. Yeah, I don't know why I, I didn't make that connection with that name. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I've seen a lot of people um, talking about this news as if they're like a, a nothing studio. But I actually think they are a studio that has a tremendous amount of talent. So um, while I dislike Facebook, um, I am, of course, happy to see a good studio receiving an influx of cash that will allow them to continue making money or continue making software that we'll be able to continue enjoying wonderful uh we also have word here that nintendo has released a free jump rope challenge game for the switch for the switch for a limited time this was created by a small group of developers within nintendo while working from home during the coronavirus um, pandemic designed to add quick fun and movement into their daily lives 
Um, obviously, it kind of does everything that it says on the tin. It's just a really cute little use of the uh, motion detection built into the Switch. Yeah, that's cute. And speaking of ways to stay fit uh, with your Switch, the latest, as far as I know, Famitsu report has mentioned that RainFit Adventure has sold 1 million units in Japan. Yeah, you know, this has been kind of a big story going on for the entire pandemic, really. Um, people have been trying to get a hold of Wii Fit or Wii Fit, Ring Fit Adventure, and it's been basically selling out of stores as fast as Nintendo can print it. Um, one of the bigger pieces of Stranger News here specifically though with regard to it breaking the 1 million mark in japan is that this is the second brand new ip by nintendo to have crossed the 1 million mark in japan since splatoon Platoon. and while we don't think about that as a lot here in north america particularly because so many games sell so many here in north america these days um it's actually very uncommon for a game to sell that that many units in japan alone so it's quite exciting like the very like biggest games typically don't you know in japan alone do more than you know four to five million so this is this is quite a big deal it's a tremendous success and nintendo should be patting themselves on the back for having yet another one of their titles hit that rather fantastic number do you think we're going to see uh ring fit adventurer as a uh as a, as a Smash fighter? Yes. Do you think we're going to see Drago, the horny bodybuilding dragon? I I honestly expect to see one of the two. I, I do not expect to see both of them. I do expect to see one of them. You know, the game is, at, like you just said, it, or like we just said, it's one of Nintendo's new sales sensations. There's presently worldwide demand for it. Uh, we already know that, you know, typically the smash fighters pass has been seen as a promotional tool um sakurai san particularly discussed that when he was discussing uh byleth's inclusion that that was you know largely done as promotion for uh fire emblem three houses so uh, first off i also assume that there's something coming for arms in terms of either a sequel or some kind of big update but probably a sequel so they can charge for it um but no i absolutely anticipate that we will see uh ring fit content of some kind in smash and i i don't think it will just be spirits like i i'm fully expecting playable characters mm -hmm. you know it's kind of it's kind of um in the old days i would have said no and that it would be on the next generations smash that they would make their their debut but honestly i think the whole dlc fighters pass thing has changed the game just like how we're getting arms characters included already and it's kind of another example of uh how you know we're, we're gonna be talking today about animal crossing how this pandemic has um you know it would be interesting to if we had not experienced this to see if there would be that much demand for the game because you know uh people you know got this as a way to uh to be more active with uh, being out to without being able to go to their gyms or whatever so not everyone but you know yeah and you know it's impossible for us to know that because we'll never see a timeline where this isn't what happened but as yeah. a thought experiment it, it is certainly interesting to think on um animal crossing ring fit adventure uh, in fact i feel like i had read an article and uh, because it wasn't something we were going to discuss today i don't have it handy but i had been reading an article that had remarked that uh, game sales 
had been up this year over this time last year. And of course, mm-hmm. everyone was yeah, I've seen some pointing more. in the direction of the coronavirus as, as the culprit for why that would be. So I have to assume that everyone right now that's releasing is seeing larger numbers than they would have seen otherwise. Right. But it's when you look at these kinds of, uh, in my opinion, I I expect, I haven't done this research, but it might be something I try to look into in the next week or two. Um, I'm really wondering these quote unquote more casual games. And, you know, obviously, um, I don't really give a crap about anything with regard to like, oh, casual games. But I'm just saying, you know, I expect that these types of experiences or maybe evergreen titles would have been a better way to say it. These kinds of evergreen titles that sort of target a wider audience and don't have their sales as front loaded week one focused as as you know the triple a's do i have to expect that they're the ones that are seeing the biggest increase the ring fit adventures the animal crossings the smash brothers is um then again you know for all i know maybe last of us part two will end up being the best selling game of all of 2020 and i have no idea what i'm talking about who knows yeah (laughs) Uh, all right thanks for that sorry no i was just um looking at oh we still got a lot to talk about we do uh, yeah let's keep going yeah so i'm gonna keep it quick um twitch had oh not twitch but some streamers on twitch did a blackout uh due to uh allegations of sexual assault and harassment gender based discrimination um against community members um you know i, I know this could be a very um difficult topic for a lot of people so i i um yeah yeah i mean i don't want to elaborate too much but um it's it's important for people to know that the issues occurred but yeah we we don't want to focus too much on something that has already occurred and the protest action has already occurred as well yeah so i just wanted to uh you know culture club is the place to mention that and then uh absolutely to just uh finish culture club with a what i thought was just a cute little um uh change of pace um there's apparently for a while on the gaming site inverse been a i guess you could call it a um call like a column right um yeah i think that's still what they're called yeah and so this one um it's about um how the it's called how a video game shortcut became a brutal online insult um and it's basically about the history of QQ. Oh, cute. Cute, cute. Yeah, so um, basically um, QQ actually came from, and I never knew this, because QQ, we, I always thought was like the eye, crying eyes, like, oh, I'm, you know, QQ more. Um, like if you're crying or less QQ, more pew pew, you know, like. Um, more dots, etc. Yeah, but apparently it was originally from the early online play of, um Warcraft 2, like pre-BattleNet. Um, and so if you did Alt plus Q plus Q, it was basically a rage quit. And so QQ actually originally meant uh, you're terrible, so you should just QQ. You should you should just uh, uh, force quit the game. And, uh, and then it kind of evolved into, you know, the crying emoji, QQ more, Q, 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 Q. So I thought it was pretty cute. Um, just to kind of, uh, like I said, I learned something new, um, about it. It talks, there's also, uh, you know, other entries in this column a bit about how the term Hanzo main became an insult and the term noob. Um, uh, there's a, uh, one talking about, um, tanks 
and how Final Fantasy kind of kind of uh, popularized the idea of a tank. So a it's called coined. That's what it was. Coined is it's about the language of video games and the people who play them. I don't expect to link them every week, but I just thought it was a cute culture club, different type of culture club thingy. Okay, excellent. Well, then let's go from there all the way over to our own (laughs) private Idaho. Oh, yeah. This is where we like to highlight the left of center news we really care about. So I'm like, Slag, you can this off because the first one is one he's really excited about. Yeah, we're going to roam if we want to roam around the world of Planet Coaster, but not on console yet. Sorry, I was trying to make another uh, B-52s reference. So Planet Coaster Console Edition was supposed to be coming... I don't remember the original date, but it's been In the summer, they had said. Was it summer? Um, It's been pushed back until the holidays. Uh, But the news is that it will be launching for PS5 and Xbox Series X simultaneously alongside PS4 and Xbox One. Excellent. We also yeah. had uh, today the rather huge and exciting announcement of The World Ends With You, the animation. This wow. is We're going to be getting more information next week at Anime Expo Light 2020. Um, apparently the specific um, announcement is going to be being made on July 3rd at 6 o'clock Pacific. It's going to be streamed on YouTube and Twitch. We're expecting a trailer of some kind, possibly a panel. Oh my God, Mixer. That's funny. And you know, it's um, interesting because I was just saying on Twitter earlier, um, with how much Kingdom Hearts is tying into The World Ends With You, it's not surprising to me that Square Enix is doing everything they can to try and get people to see the story of the world ends with you because mm, you know it maybe just would have something to do with kingdom hearts for you never know i mean honestly the maybe. thing is it, ignoring the fact that kingdom hearts dream drop distance had world ends with you characters in it um yazora in the remind dlc makes very specific reference to having been in the world end with ends with you's shibuya where uh Sora had previously promised he would see the characters from that cast again someday. So there, there's just a lot going on. And I don't imagine there will be Kingdom Hearts anything associated with the animation. But if you are a Kingdom Hearts fan and, You're gonna you, eat haven't, it up anyway. <laughs> and you haven't seen, haven't played The World Ends With You, this is one way that you'll be able to get the story uh, sort of mainlined without, you know, having to play it and be ready when it does come up in kingdom hearts and just enjoy it on its own because it's a fantastic story and game uh we don't know anything about what studios done it right we don't um because i would love to see if it would be done like um you know uh cloverworks did uh persona 5 the animation um and i thought they did a really good job with it so it was okay I mean, what I should say from an animation perspective, what I watched of it was okay. I I, I can't speak for it as an adaptation overall. Honestly, yeah. I guess my problem is I also just saw the announcement for that new Studio Trigger anime that they're doing for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, oh, this yeah. is going to be called Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and it's going to be on Netflix, so it will be easy to watch. And, uh, you know, these types of projects are always a lot of fun. Um, Akira Yamaoka is going to be doing a soundtrack for the 10 episode series. So that's obviously going to be really exciting. Uh, Many, many, many people have been fans of Yamaoka-san's music 
in the uh, Silent Hill series, No More Heroes. Um, obviously, that's super exciting. Studio Trigger is obviously one of the big studios these days. Um, I don't know. I'm just really excited for uh, yeah. for this project. And, you know, as we had discussed last week, I'm getting more excited for Cyberpunk, even as, you know, I may still have some concerns with it. Yeah. Uh, In other VR news, we also have word here that Puzzle Bobble VR is coming to Oculus Quest. Super cute. Yeah. I mean, at least based on the screenshot, it has uh, Bub from, you know, Bub and Bob. Yeah, um, yeah. The main character so of Bubble Bobble, Puzzle Bobble. Must to move, uh, etc. Yeah, um, throwing a a puzzle bubble bubble. Yeah, you know I'm really excited about this, especially because the Oculus Quest is my personal favorite VR device. So seeing that this is going to just be coming straight to that device for me is a very good thing. I'm very happy. Yeah, we all love a puzzle bubble, and Indeed. if you don't, and if you don't, you don't have a heart. Uh, Bandai Namco has delayed Tales of Arise. Um, and it, that part of it is attributed to the COVID-19 crisis, but they also um, just want to achieve the quality that they and provide the gorgeous experience that they envision for their players. Excellent. You know, I am okay with support, this. We always support that for the most part. Yeah. You know, it's it's never a bad thing at the end of the day when a game has gotten delayed. I know that we all like to get mad about it, but just keep in mind, it is much better when a game gets released good rather than when a game gets released shit, Ugh. right? Like, I would much rather they take their time and get it right. I, I do not like paying for bad games. <laughs> have we talked, to, have we done that as an episode topic about games that got rushed out and... We haven't. Uh, disappointing rushed titles is probably... <laughs> maybe we could do that to buy you a extra week to play Final Fantasy Remake. Way to call me out, but yes. That's <laughs> what I do. Um... I'm really, you know, I've recently been kind of going through a Tales Renaissance since the uh, re-release of, uh, I just completely forgot the name of the Tales game that got its re-release last year. Tales Sky Patrol. Ah, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to look it up. I could, I'm not going to Google it. Uh, I've been having uh, fun going back and revisiting some of these Tales oh, there's games. Just, there's so many Tales it's games. It's been a good time. I would like to play the new one. It looks really good. Was it Vesperia? Yes. Okay. But at the end of the day, again, delayed games have never been worse for having been delayed. I mean, I'm sure there's some odd case somewhere, but it's it's unusual. This game looks like it's going to be good. If it needs a little bit more time in the oven, um, I'm glad that they're going to do it. I just hope they're prepared to release on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X in addition, because, you know, at this point, it will be releasing after the release of the new boxes. And you know how people get people get. You want to wrap us up with this one before we yeah. uh... um, for reasons that I can't entirely explain. Jump Force is getting a deluxe edition release on Switch. This is going to be happening on August 27th in Japan, August 28th here in the West. It will include all of the Character Pass 1 characters as well, which, you know, I mean, that is cool because the Character one character Pass 1 characters were all great. Um, it's just one of those things where uh, Jump Force was, as a game, it had some fun in it. But overall, it was a really sloppy little project, and I don't understand why they were working on another port instead of just starting work on another project or putting those resources into having something like Kakarot ported. I don't think we needed Jump Force ported, though. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
Are you going to pick this up, Slaggy? Uh, I mean, I just I feel like there's other things that I will be playing. <laughs> I mean, we've got uh, New Paper Mario coming out. I mean, I just, I don't, I'll have to see what August looks like, but it's I can't a- really see it being a high priority. And that's fair. That's fair. All right, then let's real quick, real quick. I want to talk a little bit about four of the not E3 conferences that have occurred in the last couple of weeks uh, since we were last live here on the internet radio waves. Um, We had the PC gaming show. Uh, This was a really exciting event. Well, let me reframe. This was an event that had uh, (laughs) some really exciting things to show that was as is often the case edited to be about twice as long as it needed to be uh that having been said i was really excited to get follow-ups on some of the the games here um stuff like seeing the uh pc port of story of seasons friends of mineral town in particular that was a strong point um singer the rhythmic um fps is something I'm really excited for. Um, the upcoming Weird West game was something that I'm looking forward to, having played some of the Weird West um, pen and paper stuff in the uh, Savage Worlds. Oh, I, I was going to say, is that's what I thought uh, Weird West was, yeah. So yeah, um, we saw, you know, like uh, Twin Mirror, which was like a new uh, Twin Peaks style type game from the team behind Life is Strange. yeah. Yeah, just a lot of like really cool little games here. Um, Slanky, was there anything that really caught your particular attention? Um, mostly the Life is Strange group. What is that? It's called uh, uh, uh Twin Mirror. Sorry, yeah, because uh, you know, I I'm a big fan of the Life is Strange series, so uh, you know, definitely excited for more. Don't nod. Yeah, let's see. I was um really excited for Rogue Lords which they had shown it was kind of similar to uh slay the spire but instead of being a card game with you know a medieval theme it's sort of themed around like horror villains so it had like uh dracula and bloody mary on a team oh yeah you you would be into that right um all in all compared to previous years i felt like the pc gaming show um which did open up with the persona 4 on golden on pc revealed that we had been anticipating last episode um i overall thought that it was a much better show with a lot wider variety of titles on display especially a lot more japanese titles than we had seen in previous years which was nice um i hope that the pc gaming show continues to go in that direction uh what did you think yeah i didn't tune in live but um i i just looking at what they covered you know um definitely seems to be more variety you know yeah excellent well then let's talk about the ps5 reveal event uh this happened on the 18th and it was kind of the talk of the town uh, wild to think that was only a week ago <laughs> now nobody cares no just kidding right um oh uh, no that's not true at all that's Everybody not true at all cares very much um i was overall really excited um they had a, a more game reveals and announcements than i was expecting even though we didn't necessarily get a lot of release windows or even a, a release date or price for the console itself um, that having been said, I was particularly excited for a new Ratchet and Clank game, uh, Rift Apart, which appears to involve um, the titular hero's 
sort of timeline tripping, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Seems to be using some of that new uh, tech to stream entire worlds and like data sets really fast to excellent effect. And like all things, it made me wonder what that kind of tech could look like in a Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, we got the announcement of Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is a standalone uh, spinoff, I guess, to Spider-Man. This is going to be uh, apparently released this holiday season. There was some indication that there might also be a PS4 version, although we're, we're not sure of that. Um, for me, though, Spider-Man Miles Morales was like a console seller already. Um, it just looked real good. I love the character. I loved the first Spider-Man game. Um, we also had uh, Square Enix present. They announced the new game out of Luminous Productions, which is uh, Project Athea, a some type of just sprawling 3D exploration game with massive open worlds and uh, apparently running on the uh, most up-to-date version of the engine that had been powering Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, poor Final Fantasy fifteen just was not. Oh, speaking of speaking of uh, games that were rushed out, <laughs> and then I think the last the last one for me that I would really want to highlight because obviously I'm trying to keep things moving, um, right? Is that uh, Japan Studio also showed a new Astrobot title of some type? It's called Astro's Playroom, and it appears to mostly be a kind of getting to know you introductory experience for the PS Five hardware. But given the oodles and oodles of charm and personality that Astrobot has, um, this four game world experience will almost certainly make a lot of new fans out of the property. I, I know that I'm really excited to have more time with the character. Uh, what what captured your attention, if anything, Slaggy? So um, obviously Horizon Forbidden West looks super great. Um, we saw a couple of... Uh, promising looking indie titles uh kina bridge of spirits looks very pretty yeah and epic i thought that would capture your attention because when i saw it i was like oh this seems very zelda-y and then there's goodbye volcano high which is a uh looks like it's going to be a sort of a probably like a um sort of night know, in the woods-esque possibly i mean we don't really know the gameplay but it's about uh we it seems to be about dinosaurs graduating high school but also the meteors coming but there's also they're also in an indie rock band and the end of an era the main, the main character is a non-binary a non-binary dinosaur and so of course um of course all of the uh right wieners got all mad about that but uh i'm here for it um bug snacks from the uh studio young horses which did octodad deadliest catch it's a little bit of adorable body horror so uh I don't know if there's anything yet that is a because a lot of those are also not um, are also coming out on PC or on PS4. So I don't know if there's anything yet that is a console seller for me, but I thought it was a good presentation. Excellent. Excellent. Um, you know, we have heard some rumors about price over the last few weeks. Um, I'm really hoping that the rumors that we've been hearing coming out that this box is going to be closer to the $450, $500 side of things turn out to be right. Because at that price, I could probably justify one between, you know, Deathloop, Resident Evil Village, Bug Snacks, even, even that Godfall game and like uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which we finally got to see some gameplay of and looks oh, really yeah. fun. 
Um, you know, I love any kind of like Tokyo exploration game. Um, okay, uh, but I, strange, at this point, game. back when There's everyone we can in one sec when everyone was uh, that's all first had first seen this reveal event. You know, a lot of folks, though myself included, were like, "Wow, how are they going to get this box out into stores for like six or seven hundo?" And uh, you know, it still seems weird. Like this thing is. It's a beefy boy. Like, I think it's actually like a cute box, even though it looks really weird. Like, it's definitely over-designed, but I'm really surprised by how large it is. Yeah, it basically looks like a, uh, what do they call those? Um, you know, the air purifiers, Dysons. Yeah, but, you know, it's, I do think it looks, has its 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 way of looking cool. Yeah. I just, I just, it's clearly being positioned as a premium product. I hope it doesn't yeah. have a premium price because yeah. in the year of our Lord 2020, dealing with COVID, I have put, you know, as many resources as I can to, you know, local community ac actions. I don't think I can justify a premium priced console this year. Yeah. But if they can launch at a reasonable price that I can, you know, swing it for the holidays or what, or, you know, a gift to myself for my birthday, you know, I would yeah. be inclined to do so. Yeah. All right, then let's see. We also had the EA Play Live event 2020. Um, weird. We don't have to talk about this at all other than to say I myself am very excited for the game they showed called Rocket Arena. Um, it's going to be releasing on a july 14th on the pc ps4 and xbox platforms and it looks very much like uh very much like a take on sort of like a quake mod in fact i'm I, to my understanding it may have even started life as a quake mod mm. so that kind of like fun frantic rocket play is something i've been looking forward to for a minute so i was screaming that's like the first time in a long time that ea has had my attention uh you know since they haven't done anything with mass right. effect or dragon age in a while did did they have your attention at all not really i mean it was kind of notable that they're starting to put things on steam again but you, apparently it still launches origin <laughs> it's like if you Fun. if you want to buy the sims 4 on um steam you can do that now and um mass effect 3 um but it apparently will install origin so eh, uh let's see and then we had a there were so many announcements that came out from the uh new game Plus yeah. expo i was shook um we had the 21 or i'm sorry 2021 switch release reconfirmed for uh trails of cold steel 4 um, we got the announcement of a localization of East 9 Monstrum Nox, which is super exciting. That'll be releasing in 2021 and will be including a Switch version courtesy of Nipponichi America. So thank you, Nisa, again. Um, we got the announcement of more uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color games coming to the Switch. So that was super exciting. Uh, Samurai Showdown, the the new Samurai Showdown game that is, will be getting a crossover DLC of the Warden character from For Honor, which is a weird crossover, but I'll take it. Uh, Sheeran the Wanderer the, is going to be finally getting ported off of Vita and onto the PC and Switch, which is <laughs> super exciting. Um, Sorry, just anytime Vita comes up, I'm like, oh. Right. Well, we got our first gameplay teaser of uh no more heroes 3 although <laughs> Suda Goichi was uh blocking it the whole time <laughs> right? 
Oh man, that was such a Suda thing to do, though. I um, wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was meant. If it was meant that way. Oh, for it was. I have zero doubt. It was one hundred percent meant that way. And I'm sure we'll end up with the release of all that footage without him being present, like a week or two from now. Like it's. It, I'm. Sh it's Suda. Like, come on. Anyway, we just rushed through that because I wanted to give Slaggy the next thirty minutes to talk as much about Animal Crossing as he can. That having been said, Slaggy, this is what you have been asking for for a long time. Go for it. All right. So if you have been paying attention to anything in gaming lately, you've probably heard a lot of talk about Animal Crossing New Horizons. And, um, you know, if you want a more in-depth history of the Animal Crossing series up to this point, we did a deep dive on that. Um, quite a while back, it was... Was that during our Ninty 90s? It was. It was episode Ninty 8, The Wilderness Downtown. Um, so that was back in 2015, so about five years ago. And, you know, um, just to give you a little bit of context, for those who've never played Animal Crossing, it is a life simulation game where you are a human villager in a village populated by animals. You have a house, you pay off a loan, you go fishing, and, and you can catch bugs and buy clothes. And that's been about it, honestly. Um, Capitalism simulator. Uh, up to this point. But um, I say that's been about it. Not to sell it short. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of the series. But I mean, we've not only... I have traditionally not been. You've not been. But we have seen... Um, Prior to this release, I think I thought amiibo festival was the best in the series yeah so um you know we've not only seen a lot of new gamers when i say new gamers new to the series but i mean like my mom for example got a switch light because she was jealous of my sister and i playing and my sister sending her screenshots and everything and now she's probably playing more frequently than i am there'll be some times where i'm like oh, oh. I'll go and check what's in my nooks cranny, you know, but, you know, I have other games I'm playing, but, you know, so like just to show you how this is really kind of captured people's, um, you know, kind of given them a almost a safe haven in a way to uh, have control over something during a time where we don't really have that. So, uh, uh, so New Horizons is the latest Animal Crossing game for Nintendo Switch. It came out worldwide on March 20th, so we're about three months into it. And um, the thing I really want to start talking about is the quality of life changes. And so I kind of wanted to have you take a little bit of the lead on this part of the um, discussion, Captain Spike, because I know there are a lot of things that you're like, oh, I used to not like blank about Animal Crossing, but they changed this, and now I like it. So... Um, I guess I can get it started. Like, so one of the things for me that's really been I was like, I don't understand. I mean, one of the things for me that's been a really interesting addition that seems seems simple, but has been a game changer in some ways is that there's the DIYs, the do-it-yourself uh, recipes. And so um, it's introduced this whole crafting element, you know. Um, oh, it takes a perfect way to start, actually, yeah. because for me, I was fundamentally uninterested in the game for so many ways because I would for example shake a tree get my fruit out of it or whatever and in the older games it was like okay well i have this fruit i guess i can sell it or plant it or idk end of list for the most part now Give you can away. eat now you can eat it and poop it out <laughs> 
Well, you can eat it now, but you could also use it to create items as a part of the DIY system, which makes it so that, you know, every item potentially has, you know, dozens of, of different uses, which uh, as a player from a, a gameplay perspective, it creates such a for me, it's so many more interesting opportunities to what I can do with that, um, rather than being limited to my interactions with the island be primarily how can I extract resources from it and sell it for fictional currency that doesn't matter. Now there's this whole element of like creating and crafting. And so there's sort of a, a purpose to gathering beyond just profit. Right. And I mean, like, you know, uh, there are certain recipes that you get like from during the course of you know i say the story but you know kind of the, the um, you know first couple week or two of having your town but then a lot of them you know will drop from a balloon or uh, wash up on a bottle on the beach and it's random so like for example today i just finally got a recipe to make a ukulele which i'm super excited about uh but one thing that's i mean this is just with the crafting i've been like oh hey uh you know i had a friend I was working on uh, doing a little um, beachfront coconut drink bar because I got a coconut drink um, recipe I can that I can make out of the coconuts. And then one of my friends had a bamboo speaker. Then another friend had a palm tree lamp. And so, like, you know, kind of uh, encouraging, you know, not encouraging, but, you know, it, it opens up like, oh, hey, I need this recipe. Can you make this? You know, and it, I mean, for me, that's been really fun. Which kind of leads me to the second thing. It sounds really simple, but it's a huge, huge element that you can um, actually place furniture outside. Which sounds like, so what? But you couldn't do that before. The limits of what you could do were you could add like a limited number of like bridges or like a town square with new leaf. And, you know, that was a, uh, a jump forward with the town improvements. But basically, you have full customization for whatever you want to do. And I mean... I kind of figured we'll talk about that more with our personal experiences, what we've done with our um, with our particular towns. But I mean, like you could um, you can put any items you want outside, aside from like wallpaper. And um, I'm a little mad that you can't put rugs outside, but whatever. That's a very small thing. But pretty much any furniture item can be placed outside. Um, and then there's terraforming that you can unlock, so you can basically uh, build hills or flatten. Hills, you can create rivers and ponds and completely customize your island to your liking. I've done a little of it, but uh, I've seen some people do like wild things. And I'll, uh, you know, touch on that a little with the emergent gameplay a little more in a minute. But um, do, are there any other quality of life things that you really stand out to you that have made you um, more find the gameplay loop more compelling rather than just fish, catch bugs, shake a tree? Well, I mean, it's. It, it we talk about quality of life changes right it's for me little things like being able to visit quote unquote online islands even when none of my online friends are online like i, I don't know if that was a thing in the older games because i didn't play them to a degree to fi find out but i really like being able to buy dodo tickets for example go off to a random island and still be able to do something even when none of my friends are online um, yeah as suffers from insomnia having options for when my friends are all irl friends are all asleep is very nice 
Um, I don't know. It just feels to me like all of the gameplay finally now feeds into the core gameplay loop somehow, rather than being a bunch of of disparate things. Uh, you know, you were talking about being able to decorate your island more directly, and that for me is sort of like the second like hand in hand quality of life slash game design change they made that turned it into an experience that I, I am quite enjoying and have put quite a few hours into now this time um, because I've been able to customize my entire town using that furniture and you know give each little animal friend within my village his own little his or her own little property that is sort of decked out the way that they like it and it's it brought a lot more gameplay to the game again than just having my little house that i upkeep and am responsible for and otherwise it's like doing chores and selling stuff and it really felt like that was the primary gameplay mechanic and it, it no longer feels that way to me and it, i think it's just such a better game for it yeah it almost is like a little like town sim at this point like i mean um i've seen um people do um amazing things like i feel like um i'm always comparing my island to what other people are doing um what i mean we've seen people um, i had not anyone might personally know but someone has kind of recreated uh the hyrule overworld with terraforming to just go to show you like what can be done it's um it's like it, it doesn't sound like a lot but for those of us who have been playing the series throughout the past 20 years like it's a huge leap forward i think in terms of what you're able to do in the game and um even if it's not really you know intense or you know adrenaline rush or whatever i think it's been something like i said that's given people like a little way to, something to escape to and a little their own little personal zen during a very difficult and trying time um but when one thing i've really noticed like kind of on that note is the emergent gameplay and i mean i'm not saying that it never happened before but i think it's just because it's such a big topic in gaming right now um animal crossing that is that we're hearing a lot more people sharing their experiences with it and i mean even compared to like you know when new leaf came out you know maybe uh six or seven years ago at this point um you know i, just, I don't even i don't really remember a lot of people's like and it might just be because the there was only a certain level of customization <clears throat> we've seen people do uh i say we but you know there's been news reports you know about uh people holding wedding ceremonies in animal crossing doing graduation ceremonies doing game shows um i personally um one of our good friends did a survivor uh night where she set up a uh a little bunch of little trials and she even had like or survivor village because you know there's the custom designs that you can do yeah. which is another thing um i've been wanting to do a um let's make a deal <laughs> where um you know you can either what's behind door number one so you can end up with like a pitfall seat or like maybe you can end up with a um you know a motorized scooter or whatever which i i have to say um uh having gone back and played some pokemon i keep wanting to be like where's my bike so i i love that we can swim now but i would really like a bike um but i'm kind of getting ahead of myself <laughs> um uh but like other things just like um you know like um my family um like i said it's like pretty much i'm a family affair at this point uh and so like when I, I think about things for me, like, uh, you know, Gary Witta, who is a very famous writer now, um, has been doing animal talking for the last month or two, which has been uh, a during the pandemic 
lockdown, um, like late night type talk show that he hosts in Animal Crossing. Celebrities come to his island and they talk on on chat, like on a voiceover while they're like sitting in the studio in his Animal Crossing house. That's really cute. And, you know, it's uh, we've seen, you know, um, I watch a lot of late night. So, you know, I watch all of like uh, Fallon and, and all of that. Um, and I hear all of them talking about Animal Crossing. So it's been really interesting. You know, I guess uh, AOC plays and I guess she has been visiting people's islands and has also been appearing, popping up on people's streams. I, I don't know. It's been really remarkable when we talk about this sort of emergent gameplay uh, to see that this is not just within uh because certainly group people like us by which i mean extremely nerdy folks have always seen you know these kinds of emergent experiences occur in in games to some degree like you know we were talking about people programming emulators in minecraft and things but uh, to see it really pop up in the greater pop culture like this has been really remarkable for me um you know seeing you know uh jimmy fallon talking about playing animal crossing with uh Stephen Colbert has it, you know, not something I would have anticipated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but it could even be something as simple as um, actually my same friend who did uh, the survivor game one night, there was um, Celeste was going to be there and have a shooting stars. Um, there was going to be a shooting, a meteor shower or shooting stars. And so she did a little star party. So she's like, uh, wear your star themed outfits or, you know, like, um, there's gowns that are kind of like almost like Disney gowns. And so like my my mom and my sister did like a like a we did like a Disney day and like so it's just um and then even the like the way that you can like you know set up your your you know your island, um, whether that's like an obstacle course, it's just there's like there's just so many things that you can can do. Um and one of the on that note, one of the interesting things that we've seen that I've not really seen uh with the series thus far, we did have, you know, the Amiibo cards um, come out with New Leaf. And as the game was first launching, those Amiibo cards were really starting to, uh, you know, pop up on eBay because they have not done an, any new printings of it. And, you know, maybe you really want a certain villager. And so, uh, you know, uh, there were a couple that are really popular in particular. Um, and so we, we started to see the eBay um market kind of uh, uh, a big demand for these Amiibo cards. But then what we've really started to see since then is a real money transaction sort of thing where people are selling Nook tickets or they're selling bells. So almost more like kind of in a seedier way, um, like a black market. So almost like we'd think of like um, gold selling in a MMO. In particular, there's a particular little guy named Raymond that you may be heard of. Um, he's a cat with heterochromia. That means his... Uh, Eyes are each his, his eyes are different colors. He has one brown eye and one green eye. He's a dapper little cat dude with a nice little sweater vest. Um, he's adorable, but like I mean, people are going crazy uh, for him. And I'm sorry, I, I don't like to use that word crazy too much, but you know, he's just he's been a phenomenon and so much in demand. Um, people dropping tons of real money. But then on the flip side, we've got some hackers who are like populating their um, who are, you know, hacking the game so that they can populate it with Raymond. 
and um, give it out to for free. So I kind of am curious about what you're, because I know we've talked a little bit about this. Um, they And so some hackers have um, started a group called Villager Haven. So not just for um, Raymond, but uh, other very popular villagers, anyone you want kind of just being like, no, don't pay real money. We'll hack it for you. So I'm kind of curious about your thoughts about all of this. You know, like I said, we've talked a little bit about it personally, but for the sake of the radio. Yeah, I just... Uh... You know, I think that it's really neat. You know, I was initially kind of disgusted. I have a bunch of Animal Crossing Amiibo cards because even though I wasn't a big Animal Crossing fan per se, I liked Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and I like collecting Amiibo. So I bought a fair number of cards. So when I saw that people were doing all of this, uh, like tr the like, I guess, using their cards to spawn Raymond and then like sell him for real money on Lion, I was like, oh, um, Raymond. Uh, Raymond doesn't have a card yet, so that's what's what makes him oh, so rare. Oh, right okay. Because he's he's new to he's one of the new ones. Okay, see, I was confused about what was going on because I thought people were getting it from a card. No, they would just um uh you know get him through Nook Miles, but then like charge people real money, being like, okay, I've got Raymond. Wow. Okay. Well, that, so that's okay. I misunderstood how this worked. Um, thank you for explaining that to me. So. I'm really happy. Well, let me reframe that then. I'm really happy that Nintendo, first of all, was like, hey, people shouldn't be charging for real money for Animal Crossing. Like, please stop doing that because obviously, like, what the hell are people doing? Uh, but then further, you know, when hackers were hacking in, I had thought that they were basically just uh, hacking in so that it had been as if they did have the Raymond villager and then that's why they could then trade him off. But I guess that it's more like they're editing their saves so that they have a Raymond and then they can then just send him off, um, which obviously pleases me. I don't want to see anybody getting taken advantage of. I think it's really disgusting that, you know, this one character everybody has really become enamored of and, you know, this isn't a game where there's any advantage to hoarding. Like, if you have a Raymond villager that you don't want, you could just give him away. You don't have to sell him for real money. Although, right? who would not, I mean, I'm sure there's people who don't, but who would not want that cutie pie? Oh, my goodness. For real. So, no, I anytime I see people breaking up, um, people trying to take advantage of people that are just trying to have a good time, I'm happy. So, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear about this story. Excellent. So, um, as we kind of... Um, start to transition towards the end of the discussion i would like to hear about your personal experiences just kind of um i mean not, we, not so much about the gameplay but kind of like you know like who, do you have any favorite villagers or is there anything that's happened that you've really like just your personal experience your your time on your island anything that's just kind of stood out to you or the story of your your island well i mean it's tough for me to necessarily have a story of my island per se. I will say, however, uh, the first time I saw the ghost, I lost my mind. Wisp, I think his name is. Yes. He's so cute. <laughs> I'm actually upset that I can't just get him as a villager. Like, that's my dream. I, I just want as many ghost villagers. Um, No, I, you know, I... In playing Animal Crossing New Horizon, I kind of had a fun voyage from casually enjoying watching Sulker play it as a backseat gamer uh, to then beginning to watch YouTubes about it, 
uh, to then ending up buying the game or well, getting a copy of the game from Sulker for myself because I had still refused to buy it. And so he just gave me a copy as a gift and was like, now you have to try it. And I'm glad I did because it was clear at that point that this might actually be the one to to hook my interests. And it has been. Uh, the thing that really got me, though, was when I saw how the custom designs work and being able to freely place them outside anywhere um, and effectively create like a whole like system of effectively like roads from one place in your village to another rather than my recollection of like oh yeah pathways will form over time if you run or on them maybe and not having or not having what felt like a lot of like real control over how my the layout of my town was going now being able to like really micromanage and plan out every little bit and i can lay out each tile of of my paths i can put out where i want all my fences and where i want my billet or my individual buildings to be um that for me ended up like getting me hooked on the sort of dream or the sort of fantasy of making like a, mm -hmm. a japanese inspired village which um, after I saw some of the really cool um, Tokyo-inspired uh, tile sets, I was really interested in. And so since I've been exploring that and going down that way, I then did things like, oh, I planted a bamboo forest in the in the mountains. But then I started to, you know, take my own design, uh, my own stylistic elements and, and the, my own things and start to put them in. So it's not just a Japanese island. It's it's. You know, it's my island that has Japanese-inspired streets. And yeah, I, I, and I totally see that. Um, I mean, I haven't uh, been to your island in a while. But, I mean, even when it was you were just getting started with that, I thought, oh, this is very, like, out of an anime. One of my favorite little details that you did was um, at the um, Nook's Cranny, you made it kind of like a 7-Eleven with, like, a little parking lot with little parking spaces for the scooters. I like, I just, I thought that was such a cute. Detail. Oh yeah. And honestly, like, when I, when I, when that occurred to me, I felt really clever. I'll be honest. Because mine is very different. Um, you know, mine is a little more villagey, I guess, but, um, you know, um, and then I totally went and kind of did a big refurbishment project. I moved a bunch of buildings around. And so I've got like a little food court. I've got a, um, a little, um, orchard a mountain area that has um a little camping area and some sports fields and a little carnival like this just like all the things that you can do with it um i've got a you know a couple little beach that one of my favorite things are the um the stalls that you can make like little shop fronts unfortunately you can't like have them really do anything but for example i have like a little um orange julius um orange uh orange julius um stall in my food court area near my uh kind of my city hall area and so it's got a little blender and sometimes the little characters will go up and um they'll press the blender and they'll start going it's just and so i mean the villagers have always been such a cute part of it but i think having such a bigger world for them to interact with even though unfortunately if they can't go on the little teacup rides which is kind of like you know a bummer but i mean just even just kind of creating that fantasy for them. I think it is so funny because cute. when I saw that teacup ride in the catalog, I knew you were going to have it in your village. And sure enough, when I visited your village, it was right there front and center. Yes. Uh, and I mean, some of the things that I've just really loved is just seeing 
um, the interactions between um, between the villagers. I have two peppy villagers, uh, Blue Bear and Carmen, who are two of my favorites. Um, and because they have the same personality type, the game was basically kind of like um, ton in cheek referencing that she like one of them's like because they're kind of like want to be pop stars. They're like, oh, um, sometimes I'm when I'm recording my demos, um, I'll scream and at the top of my lungs and run around the house to uh, get myself pumped up. And then, oh, my God, is she Halsey? The other one's like, OMG, totes samesies, because that's how they talk. Um, and so uh, it's just like some, some, sometimes just the ways they, they interact will crack me up or even when they kind of act a little dumb and they're like, plop themselves down on the middle of a path and start eating a popsicle. I'm like, you're so dumb, but I love you. Um, and so I'm at a place where I have a, you know, I've had a couple of villagers that I've let move out, you know, um, but um, I'm really happy. I have Apollo who's uh, the Eagle. He's kind of my boo. Um, I just recently um, let one of my villagers moved out. Cause I had a bunch of, normal type personality so it's like okay one wanted to move out so i let her move out and then i went to a nook island and i found julian who is a super gay unicorn the only unicorn in the game um and uh i mean it straight up has like a rainbow umbrella we're talking gay and so like i'm super happy um i am i have recently been at a little bit of a point where sometimes it's felt like a little bit of a chore but you know um there's enough things like right now it's wedding month and so Reese and Cyrus, the alpacas from New Leaf, you can go take anniversary photos with them and get wedding furniture. Uh, the bug off is this weekend where it's a bug collecting contest. And we got the um, summer events. So that kind of leads me, um, you know, Nintendo has promised that uh, they are going to continue to support. And, um, you know, there's definitely a demand for it, um, you know, um, because I think there's a lot of potential here. Uh, besides what we know is coming, um, what are things that you would like to see? I mean, because like we, we could keep, I have to say that we could keep totally keep going. Yeah, um, of course. About like um, oh, the cute things that my villagers did, but like I said, I want to uh, wrap it up here. You know, it's funny because for me, and maybe there is uh, a functionality like this in the game, and maybe I'll learn that right now. But I had just been thinking to myself yesterday that I wished there was like an in-game like date book. Like um, you had been, we had been talking about uh, villager birthdays, and I had been talking about how I had celebrated a few birthdays with my villagers already, but I couldn't really tell you which ones. And I wished that I had had like a little date book so I could like go back and review my previous days to be like, which day were my character, my villagers birthdays again? Um, yeah, there but, is not, but uh, that is a good idea. Like, yeah, it's to me or something. Well, it's exactly like I was literally just going to say, it seems wild to me that Majora's mask has a more usable journal for tracking villagers than animal crossing. Does. Like, oh, today stitches moved into our town. Well, Change right. Or like, uh, you know, just like right next to like, july 11th you know it maybe just has a little icon of you know a dog face and a little birthday cake to represent that that day is one of your villagers birthdays like it don't have to be that complex but i feel like this is kind of a no-brainer for a game that is ostensibly like a, a friendship slash neighborhood simulator and uh I'm, I'm thinking about it in that regard because we had really just been talking about or i should say i had been talking about the game as a kind of uh 
economy simulator or capitalism simulator and i was like well ostensibly you know i was thinking about it you know ostensibly the game is meant to be a neighborhood simulator or a friendship simulator but i kind of feel like it doesn't have the tools for that in built into the ui that well and i i feel like it's a really basic expectation for what the game ostensibly wants like if i could you know if i could have the game tell me oh yeah i gave my jock animal friend a soccer ball and he really liked it like that would be great like why it 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 just feels like even though the game does track all of this data like what gifts you've given everybody when and even though the game remembers it it doesn't actually like give the player any way to review that information and i feel like for gamers like myself that would be uh something that would make the entire neighborhood simulator aspect gel a little more i mean even if they really wanted to tie it into that nook link app and you know you have absolutely right heck even just give me literally a basic freaking day-by-day calendar app in the app and let me make my own damn notes on it if you have to yeah but uh, that to me is something that I really, when we had been having our conversation about the animal birthdays, I had been wondering about like a little date book. And now that you've brought up here, like what what would I want? I'm like, I want an Animal Crossing date book. Okay, that's what I want. Anything else you'd like to see like um, content wise? Like, um... you know, it's tough for me because I don't have a great frame of reference. Um, I would love to see the Nintendo games come back from the GameCube game, of course, or and ostensibly the Nintendo 64 game, although I haven't played it myself. Um, I would love it. Like if I could have you, you know, come to my Animal Crossing house, sit in front of my NES in game and play, you know, mario bros with me via the end game emulator because that's something yeah, you that's could do. <laughs> the thing is you could, you could do, do it in, in the gamecube i know and so i don't really see why honestly literally something just nintendo entertainment system online well but that's what i was gonna say literally just let me find an in-game nes that lets me play those games in game and that way i could play them in my animal crossing game since if i'm playing online i have the online service anyway it would just be another way to add like a cool layer of playability with online guests um bringing a functionality back to animal crossing and also making that nes online package seem more appealing yeah i think for me aside from like i said i'd love to be able to ride a bike around my village um i would love some special islands to visit like um like a carnival island or you know uh like uh, other types of islands um because right now there's Photopia, which is Harv the uh, creepy hippie dog, who everyone thinks is a total creeper. Um, See, I didn't think he was a creeper at all. But, I mean, I don't think hippies are that weird. Yeah, but I mean, like, right. Uh, anyway, anyways, like right now, Harv's Island is kind of the only special island that you can go to aside from a Nook Island. So I would love to see that. Um, I mean, because, I mean, or honestly, like, you know, like, uh, there's another um, another island, another, like... A smaller like and more islands that we can um little we discovered an island offshore so they could be your, your little I don't, island resort i don't know like i just love to see um more i like just love to see them continue to experiment like um it's been really cute like for example with this um wedding month you know you go and you have to lay out their, they want to recreate their wedding day so there's the furniture um and then you can earn the furniture so I, i'm i'm excited to see what they're going to continue to do so um 
That being said, uh, like I said, there's so much more that could be talked about. I'm sure as things happen in Animal Crossing and we continue to experience them, we'll be sharing them in our What's Up. But for now, we're going to start the wind down by talking about the What's Up. Spike. All right. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to go down these real quick. Uh, let's see. I played more Divinity 2 Original Sin. I've been really enjoying it. Uh, very much enjoying the sort of old school pen and paper computer rpg approach um while also enjoying that it favors a more tactical battle system rather than the more traditional uh real time with pause style combat that you see in these kinds of computer rpgs Mm -hmm. and i say that because i'm also playing pillars of eternity which is a real time with pause and um i like the setting and world of pillars of eternity so much more than that of divinity 2 but I like the combat of Divinity 2 so much more. So if I could just somehow like switch the two, I would be very happy. Pillars of Divinity. Exactly. And then uh, today, um, let's see, Brigandine, the legend of Runesuria finally came out. And I've been waiting for this game for a minute. Um, Only got to play about three hours of it today because I had some other stuff going on. And I say only three hours, but that's still a fair amount of time. I'm really happy with it. It's a Japanese style JRPG grand action strategy type game. So uh, you end up with, you know, controlling an empire. And anytime, you know, you're moving units from one town to another, if you end up coming across enemies, you go to a whole ass strategy tactics battle in the style of almost like a Mega Drive to PS1 era strategy game. Hmm. So it's really great. It, It feels to me very much like it feels like playing like a classic missed PS1 RPG that I missed. And uh, I mean that as a very good thing. Uh, there was a Brigandine game on the PS1 era. Um, I did have some experience with it. So it's not that I missed out on it. Um, this just has that kind of nostalgic feel to it. Um, it was clearly produced on a budget but also has some really phenomenal uh, still art assets. Just a a great experience so far, and one that I'll definitely probably talk about more unless it absolutely flops sometime in the future. (laughs) Excellent. What about you? What have you been playing? So I've uh, played through the Isle of Armor uh, DLC for Pokemon Sword. Uh, Having, I say having, uh, had fun with it. Uh, It was pretty short, but, you know, it seems like the crown tundra is going to be a lot beefier so we're uh you know looking forward to that um clubhouse games you had recommended that really fun um yeah looking forward to playing some more um you know uh it was i didn't expect it to be as great to me especially because sometimes i just want to wind down with something really casual and so uh for that purpose i also picked up on sale on the digital um a sale on the eShop wheel of fortune and jeopardy by ubisoft uh Kind of kind of cheaply made, but uh, again, just fun to wind down with. Um, bef- and that's about it for now. Uh, before we wrap things up, we got a social link from Soundscape419 on Twitter saying, man, it was good to hear your voices again. Please don't make me go through Game Boy withdrawals again. Oh, thank you, Soundscape. Thank you, Soundscape. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back. And the intention is not to uh, leave any of all y'all in withdrawals again. Yep. So that being said, we love your... F- feedback we uh like your subscriptions ratings reviews we like your facebook likes and we effing love twitter effing love it our email is mailbuoy at gamebuoy.org mailbuoy at gamebuoy.org 
And our home base is GameBooey.org. GameBooey.org. Spike, can you give us some shout outs, please? Of course, as ever and always, I'd like to point you in the direction of Orange Lounge Radio, where every gamer has a voice and from whom we steal so many of our cues. I'd also like to point you in the direction of Uppercut. Uppercut is a games and media site devoted to punching up through high quality content. I'd like to shout out to the Magical Boys, uh, who break down the latest and greatest in video games, anime, manga, and everything else in between from a queer perspective. Uh, of course, also a uh, queer person of color perspective, so uh, very valuable in this time. Our wonderful theme music was done by Zelda Reorchestrated, which was a project that aimed to reorchestrate the beautiful music of the Legend of Zelda series into gorgeous symphonic sounds. Um, since now symphonic Zelda music is a thing, they've kind of fulfilled their purpose. You can still check out their archive uh, if you want to hear great Zelda music because why wouldn't you? Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Slaggy. All right. All of you lovely, lovely listeners out there in Internet Radio Land, I hope you've had half as much fun listening as we've had talking to you. We really appreciate you spending this time with us this week. We'll be back at you next week with Attack and Dethrone God, where we will be talking about some of our favorite power fantasies with which to blow off steam during the current period of time in the world um, i'd like to of course point out that the original working title for that episode was fight the power put myself on the throne but then fox news came up with attack and dethrone god and we had to use it it's basically a jrpg <laughs> episode description and then if all goes well we may talk about final fantasy remake after that Ooh. but we may also uh, talk about disappointing games first uh, with all of this having been said, of course, thank you all so much. We really appreciate your time. We really appreciate your patience. We will be at, at this again next week. But until then, keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. And we will see you, Space Cowboy. See you, Maurice. What? Well. Did I ever tell you about the time I heard that song get covered at a farmer's market by a guy who didn't have a slide pedal? No. <laughs> like he had no kind of like it was like an acoustic guitar. So it's just like bloop, blue. Yeah, it was literally just like pink, pink. That's so cute. Did you see what I uh Yeah, cute. Okay. I could never be that queen. Remember remember Stadia? It's a thing still, I guess. Uh it's back it's, in it's, pog it's... form. I just saw P dribble. So oh, now we're going to shoot on a mixer. Beep, beep. Uh, did you see what I put in the Discord? The fake Isabel? Well, the morning now. <laughs> yes. Good morning. It's 8 a.m. in Peachville. Oh, dear. I haven't stopped drinking since last night. Today's news? Pietro is ugly AF. Oh, wait. That's not news. Let's see. Tom Nook's wife left him. Celeste is a fake-ass hoe. Daisy has fleas. LOL. <laughs>